This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by Twitch. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by RotoJolt. That's the that's what I say to my daughters in the morning when I wake Mary, up. Mary, What's up, everybody? <laughs> to your daughters. <laughs> What's up? What's up, daughters? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, every daughter? Okay, uh, everybody good? Ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Great. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. I wouldn't say joining you. And Tina Amini. What would you say? I would say joining you. Okay, well, you guys can join up. I'm just going to watch from the distance for a little bit see how it goes. This is a distance? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think you need to roll back a little bit. Well, Why do we keep switching positions? We didn't. Just to keep people things interesting. People complain about this. Uh, no one complained about it. <laughs> Just want to make sure people know who we are. And Maybe you're deleting seats. the complaints. <laughs> the people listening at home have no idea where, which side of the table That's we're sitting true. on. Should we, like we to, start over? We yeah. like to keep the people that do the lower thirds on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, though. <laughs> we're trying to see if you're paying attention. It's just people, Damon. <laughs> Uh, we got a great show for you this week. We're going to flip through the October 1994 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly. You know the one with Donkey Kong Country on the cover. <laughs> a classic. <laughs> of course. We've got to talk about all these video game remakes. Someone is not so sure they're a good thing. We'll get to that, though. Uh, but speaking of video game remakes, but first, let's talk about what we've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Link's Awakening. I think some other people have, too. I've also been playing some uh, Apple Arcade games like What the Golf and Grindstone. Yes. And they're both very good. But let's I didn't begin. You started What the Golf. You did start What the Golf? No, I didn't know you started it. I did. Oh, man. Now I'm behind. Yeah. You didn't keep an update in your daily games journal for Sam. What the hell? Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's an audible journal. Hearthstone. Journal. We talk about everything. Hearthstone. You write Sam long yeah. form letters. Exactly. Dear Sam, I've been playing Today What the Golf. Today I've experienced What the Golf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but let's begin with Link's Awakening. Okay. Yes. I think it's pretty good. Yes. I've been I having too. a really fun time playing it. Justin hasn't played it, but you play the original. So you can add color commentary. Color dungeon commentary. Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole <laughs> game added color. Well, the Super Game Boy did that too. It added two colors. <laughs> That's color. Yeah. The original actually technically had color. It was yellow and black. <laughs> Those are colors. Yep. I don't know if black is actually. It's uh, the lack of light. It's not a color. It's a color. Not I don't color. think so. It's not. About? Oh, I don't no. think so. Science says. Science <laughs> told hey, me. Hey, what color is your shirt? It's the lack it's, of light. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Link's Awakening, I, I've been talking about this a lot. I really, really need this game right now. It like feels really good to play it. Mm. And I was trying to like t- trying to analyze why. Mm. And, and one one thing is that just it's just so cute and you know, beautiful and yeah. to look at. But I also like that it's on an island and it feels like it's like a Zelda on vacation. Yeah, before like, I started playing, Sam was like, this will be a very relaxing game. And it turned out to be a very relaxing game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I chose hard mode, and that's not it's relaxing not a very at relaxing all <laughs> as soon as I enter a dungeon. <laughs> What's to, is it just uh, like enemy uh, health? First of all, hard mode is, is great. Yeah, and but but it just means you have to kill everything usually all the time because it's hard. If you just avoid stuff and accidentally get hit, it knocks off like a bunch of your life. Gotcha. And, you, and you know, the ramp up to get hearts in that game you only have a few to start with. You have, you know, three or four, you can grind to get four in the beginning. And like you, you basically are like in like one hit kill situations mm. at that point. Yeah. We determine you're really basically hard. only up against shy guys all the time. Yeah. The shy guys that walk backwards, you know, those, I'm not sure. I know the stilt shy guys. Mm. There's these shy guys that, that imitate your behavior. Well, those, I know those guys. And when Mirror you touch guys. them, they take off like three hearts. Yeah. Like every enemy. How, how are they on hard mode? Must be like six. 
Yeah, I think you just they, you I, just look at them and they you I die. think they crash your game. <laughs> <laughs> well, like speaking of like a lot, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, like technical issues with the game. I actually haven't noticed a lot. Me it's when you come out of a place, it like hitches for a little bit. And then it kind of smooths out, and sometimes it hitches other times. I yeah. never, I've never experienced anything. You guys are playing on handheld, right? Yeah, yeah. I've only. Oh, played is this doc mode? No, no, no. I don't think there's a distinction. I see. But I did play on doc mode, and it look, looks amazing too. But I've been yeah. playing mainly in handheld. It feels so yeah. good. I love how long the screen is. So, like mm. when you're um, uh, fighting enemies or whatever, you're just seeing a lot more than you did in a Game Boy game. And like, I just got the hook shot, and it like it stretches all the way across the screen because mm. it needs to to solve puzzles in the yeah. game. And it just feels so different from other Zelda games. Like everything is like really rangy. Like the now I have a boomerang, and you can kill enemies really far away with it. It's just a very different feel. Just mm. just doing that like new four by just having peripheral vision. Yeah, it's been a long time since I played the original, uh, but even still, it felt very familiar when I first started it out. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, I remember what I'm doing here. But then after I got through the first dungeon, then I was a little bit more like, well, I'm, I'm not exactly, I don't remember exactly what I need to do next. So. But I'm on the third dungeon now. I don't think I ever, I don't want to pay $60 for it, which mm. is why I'm not playing it. Just mm. philosophically, it's like, you know, it's a remake and it's like a beat for beat remake. And even though the visuals are all redone, all the puzzles and gameplay are the same. So mm. I'm not mm. interested in, in buying it for full price. But I really should think about it because I didn't play, I didn't play Link's Awakening until I bought it on the 3DS eShop. So, you know, I played it then and liked it. it. Like, I don't have nostalgia from it. You just played it then. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been four or five years, but yeah. Um, I didn't play it until it was already an old game. And so that was the way that I got to experience it was when it was already through the lens of like, you know, revisiting something. Yeah. It's an interesting game to revisit because it's like the original Legend of Zelda is a 1986 game, 86 in Japan. And then the sequel, Zelda 2, came out one year later. Even though it's a radically different game, they kind of rushed the sequel, I think. Got it out a year later. But then it was four years until uh, Link to the Past. But then Link's Awakening is only one year after that. So they like they got this out the door very quickly after the original. Yeah, it's really uh, or after Link's Link Awakening. Yeah, um, like I really like... Uh, uh, if you have a, you had a chance to like play with headphones or like turn up the music, like when I was playing on my television, it was the first time I really noticed. Like I really like a lot of the music. And two things: one is that the overworld is done um, by just a string quartet, mm. so it just has like cello, viola, and two violins, and like that's really cool. It sounds like it's in a little room. It's mm-hmm. recorded like in a really boutiquey way. And then as you listen to it, they add in like other instrumentation. And I don't think some of those instruments are real. Like there's like fake horns and stuff. But so that's really pretty. It's like really great string quartet, especially in the mountains and when you're when you're out in the overworld. But in the dungeons, it does uh, some nice like instrumentation, and then they add in like those like chip tuny sounds from mm-hmm. the Game Boy, and they'll come in and like echo throughout. And I think I think it was the first water dungeon like has that happening. It's like it's really great sound stuff. Mm. I mostly play with the sound off because <laughs> <laughs> it's in handheld mode and I'm like walking around the house. What, what was the term? Like, uh, one of our colleagues coined a, it coined it like a Netflix game. Netflix game. Yeah. Something that you can play while something is kind of like a background noise in the background. Uh, see, I don't consider, I would consider like grindstone as much as I love it. Mm. A Netflix game. Yeah. I can right. see Link's awakening. I don't know. I wouldn't put it in that category personally. Well, it's just because it's it handheld for me personally. Yeah. So but just since- every switch game then? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'll, what I will do is I'll turn the music on occasionally just because I feel like I need some of that connection to it because yeah. it's so much a part of the experience. During so now I've been playing it on low. <laughs> what no commercials? Can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a joke. <laughs> I get it now. Uh, well, speaking of Grindstone, that is a super fun game. I've been mm-hmm. playing that one on my iPad, actually. Catch what type of game? <clears throat> Puzzle game. Uh, how, how best to describe it? You're like a Viking and uh, these monsters have invaded, but the monsters are different colors and you have to 
chart a path through the monsters, uh, clearing out uh, same colored ones. Try to clear the screen and reach a certain quota. Is it a sci-fi game? Matching no. hack and slash. No, not a sci-fi game. Uh, but it builds a lot on top of that. So there's a lot more strategy to it. And I like how there's like a quota of monsters you have to defeat in order to move to the next level. But you can stay longer to try and kill more, try and unlock the treasure chest to get loot so that you can use the loot to get more gear. However, every turn, uh, more and more monsters are becoming aggressive and will deal damage to you. So it's sort of a risk reward thing. How long yeah, do you want to spend? Yeah. And at a point of time, like you can't move anywhere without them being aggro. Yeah, you have exactly. specific items to combat that, but yeah. they're very limited one per use mostly, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's very tough cool. actually. That's from Caffey Barra, the same guys that did, like we mentioned last week, Critter Crunch and, uh, might and Magic Clash of, Clash of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Which I believe, I don't know by the time this airs, but that game's like two bucks on Steam right now. So. Might and Magic? Yeah. Mm, it's a great game. Uh, anyway, Grindstone is super fun. And then you guys also mentioned What the Golf last week, and I got to play that. And uh, some there was talk of it of being uh, G-G-O-T-Y. I think Justin since walked that back. Is it? Well, yeah. You also mentioned Golf Game of the Year, I think. Well, it's obviously Golf Game, golf of, the game of the Year. Yeah, uh, I think, <laughs> so look, I don't want to take anything away from What the Golf. I think it's the best game on Apple Arcade mm. and one of the absolute best games I've played this year. I think the first half of the game is stronger than the second half. Mm. Like, once it actually gets challenging instead of just like a silly, fun thing where it's just throwing crazy new stuff at you each time, mm. once the actual gameplay becomes challenging, that's, I actually think it doesn't really work in the game's favor. But first of all, get good. Yeah, but second of all, it is so much Dude, better. I when dare, game- <laughs> I dare anybody to get good at those banjo stages. It, it gets so much better when a game is uh, uh, better in the front half than it's in the back half. <laughs> that gets get, better. Yeah, I hate it when they're like, hey, "You got to play half the game." Yeah, and, oh, before it trust gets me, anywhere, yeah, it's great. <clears throat> I see in, what you're in the back half. I conveniently stopped right around where apparently you mm-hmm. stopped liking the game, but I love all the referential stuff. It's not bad, but it's just gone from like a nine point six to like just a nine for me. Like it's still an amazing, fantastic yeah. game. Point six. It's still good. And they do the, the they do the referential way, not just, just as Easter eggs. It's actually embedded in the gameplay, which is really clever. Do you guys think uh, talking about what this game is is a spoiler? No, I don't know, because even talking around referential, like I'm being really vague purposefully, because it's because it's such a nice surprise when you stumble on it. The yeah. second hole of the entire game is just insane insanity, <laughs> and then you're flipping a house by like the fourth stage. Well, like, that yeah. stuff's fine because you need yeah. that's how you describe it's not, the game overall. But Sam, it's not actually a, a golf game in the traditional sense. If you have to ask if something's a spoiler, then everybody's already mad at you. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um, that's the rule. Well, I guess but isn't the there tagline like? N- a golf game for people who hate golf games yeah, something like that. Yeah. For it. There's yeah. A, there's a floppy horse. <laughs> I mean, I'll have to play more. My, my uh, initial reaction of playing like 30 minutes was like, this is very clever. Not, not something I would consider to be like game of the year. Oh, keep playing. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's like, cause it's like, it's my, my experience after playing like 30 minutes is like, okay, so this yeah. is what, this is it. it no, just is no, what no, 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 no. It gets different. No, I okay. think it's just like a bottomless well of creativity mm-hmm. and like they bring up these crazy, insane new ideas and then discard them and throw them out yeah. and the game becomes something completely. It's different. like 20 games at once. It's in just a way. totally gonzo. But then if you compare it to something like grindstone, grindstone is a game where I can just settle into a gameplay loop. Yes. That's very satisfying and go yeah. through that over and over again. It's, but what the golf is like. Not that it's like a straight linear line of new idea, new yeah. idea, new idea, new it's idea. It's just jumping idea. around everywhere. Whereas Grindstone, you can kind of make the challenge for yourself. You can decide, do I want to stay on the map a little bit longer yeah, exactly. on this particular level? Could I play uh, What the Golf while playing Link's Awakening? Um, yeah. Actually, like you know, just like, I mean, you need two hands like, for Link's Awakening, <laughs> but no. I can move around in Link's Awakening. One yeah. Time. Okay. Yeah. Then yes. Okay. If you can avoid, you only need one finger for Grindstone. You might want to knock it back down to normal difficulty. And then if I <laughs> add in Netflix. Yeah, Definitely. Netflix and beyond. And maybe yeah. taking care of a child. Yeah. 
Mm. <laughs> I have no plans to do. If you have one of those it. rockers. Just want to point that out. You can take care of a cat. Yeah. Um, yeah that's easy. Yeah. All right. That's Zelda Grindstone. What the golf. Anything else that's being played yeah. right now? We've been playing a game called, I have no idea what it's called. Wow. But it has, oh. it has cubes in it. Voltron cubes of a Aquarion. What? I don't, I don't watch Voltron. I'm not a Voltron. you give the background on this? Uh, so it's an indie game um, that I've been meaning to show you, Damon, but mm. it's an indie game that got reskinned. Basically, the developer wanted to get this thing published. Disney came around. They were like, well, let's slap this IP on it and make it a whole thing. Voltron is what they Voltron, slapped on? Voltron, yeah, is what they slapped and it's onto like, There's it. like a new Netflix Voltron. But is that yeah. Disney? Oh, I think so. I think I saw like a logo pop sure. up it's, there. It's I don't know. I'm no Voltron expert. DreamWorks. Yeah. Oh, it's DreamWorks. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. Weird. Um, something with a D. Anyway, so uh, it's but the the premise of the game has nothing to do with Voltron, as far as I know, aside from the character selection. Because it started. It's a its Voltron life. game for people who hate Voltron. <laughs> exactly. It, it started its life as a game. Voltron called, game of the year. Um, a tower offense game. No, the, I think huh? that was the playful genre they were talking okay. about. I don't think that was the name. Well, or yeah, it may have been. Just, yeah, it's like the idea yeah. is like you build a tower and then you you mess up the other person's tower. Yeah, it's really fun. And like yeah, each well, building block of the tower like can fire a different way or counter a different way. Hold on, We're, let me re-describe yeah, this. Okay. So you have a spaceship effectively that you're trying to protect and you're building blocks in front of that spaceship as a barrier from the other person, you know, attacking your spaceship. And those blocks that you use, those building blocks, so it's a tower defense game, but tower offense because those building blocks are weaponry. They shoot fireballs or like a frozen laser beam thing um, or they spit a wind out so that it hits like the other person's fireballs back at them. There's a drone block. There's a spider block. There's all sorts of like interesting mechanics into it. And so you can create your own play style and completely throw the other person um, for a loop based on just a different tactic. Hmm. So my tactic is to build fire blocks and then fire blocks behind it. And people are like, what are you doing? You're wasting your fire block because it can't fire through the other block. But when you hit my fire block, I just got the other one ready to go to combat the others. So there's all sorts of strategy. Um, and uh, it's the best part about it is the tides of the game can turn on a dime. You could be almost at defeat and then randomly turn things around in your favor. Sounds like a damey game. What is this That's game called? That's why I called? want to show it to him. What is this game called? I don't know. Voltron Cubes of Ocarion. Yeah. Okay. Where are you playing this? Where is this? Steam. Uh, we hooked up oh, Steam on one of the, yeah. the TVs. And okay. Yeah. We'll show you right, after. We'll check it out. All yeah. Right. It's this, really good. All right. It's hard. I haven't played I've never played a Voltron. Wait, that's not true. I think I played a uh, vertical scrolling shooter Voltron game in arcade. Oh, then you'll know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. I'm, still, uh, <laughs> I'm still playing Apple Arcade games every night. Yeah. I started Tangle Tower. You've created a, you started a <laughs> yeah, best you of, a your own Google best of list. I have, I'm working on it. It's a work you went AWOL. best of list. <laughs> There's definitely some truth to that. Um, yeah, I, I think Apple Arcade is like the strongest yeah. launch lineup for a game service ever, I, probably. I, like, which is kind of sad because people, a lot of people are ignoring it. I, I almost like. think like it, the, the problem with Apple Arcade is that the launch lineup is too good. Well, yeah. yeah. There you um, go. Like, we need it, an article from someone that can help us <laughs> select yeah. in what, what world games are good. Would people like a sequel to Enter the Gungeon came out? Yeah, no one's talking about it. a new puzzle game from the Monument Valley developers came out. Like, there's a new not that it's, it's a that, new Choo Choo Rocket. There's a new Choo Choo Rocket. Not that that's like quite in the same tier. It is for me personally, yeah. but maybe not for like gamer culture. But Justin, how can we choose which game to play? Yeah. Uh, well, go I'm, to Google Docs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean docs.google.com. I'm tweeting out some uh, some selections. Um, we have to be a little bit careful about publishing those recommendations on IGN because I'm not testing them on a TV. I'm only you know I'm not, not testing controller integration. Not finishing the games. Like, not always, although I'm finishing as many as I can. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I the level of quality. It, it was so cure pu purely. Uh, it was so obviously hand curated by someone that knows a lot and cares deeply about games. 
Um, Thanks, Boson. Yeah, I don't know if that is Boson, is it? I know he works on Apple Arcade. Yeah, so... I don't know like, how much curating he does specifically. But They're but, saying the name of somebody that used to work here. They're not just saying like some oh. like, fantastic It's not creature. a game name. Yeah, it's, it's not some <laughs> alien. Um, like I also started Shinseki, which is the Capcom-made Metroidvania that's on Apple Arcade. Like there's just... It seems like a bottomless well of really incredible, interesting, fun games. Well, I'm, I'm working my way down your list. So next up for mm. me is Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, if you had to say like top five must plays, obviously um, what the golf and grindstone are on that list of that par. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is I'm only playing them on Apple Arcade, so I'm not making consideration for what's multi-platform. Like you sure. can play what the golf on like Steam, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So you, you know that's a consideration. But um, yeah, what that the, said, what the golf and grindstone and Choo Choo Rocket, and um, I'm really enjoying Tangle Tower, which is like a fully voice acted, really interesting puzzle detective game um, where you're trying to solve, good. solve this murder mystery. Cool. Um, cool. No cards? I haven't gotten through the card games yet. There is a new card game from Zach Gage. I don't know what that is. He made uh, uh, threes. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> what about Beyonce threes? <laughs> um, that was called something different. Yeah. It was dumb. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, uh, of, of these remakes, like Link's Awakening, we have an email here from Seth in Tasmania, Australia. Cool. Mm. That's below Australia. Yeah. He says, first of all, just wanted to say thanks for the many years of great content. I've been listening since 2010. I wanted to get the Scoop Crew's official opinion on something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Personally, I'm not a fan of all the recent game remakes like Resident Evil 2 and Link's Awakening. Mm. I understand porting older games to modern consoles so they're easier to access, but why not spend the time and effort to make a brand new Zelda adventure in the style of the Link's Awakening uh, rather than retreading old ground? How do you guys feel about this? Is this recent trend simply a cash grab? And would a brand new game be more of a financial risk? Well, yes, a brand new game is inherently more of a financial risk. But at the same time, it's funny because a lot of people like you'll see a lot of commenters online like, oh, it's like printing money. Why wouldn't you just remake this? But on the flip side, you have this kind of opinion. In my personal opinion, going off of Link's Awakening, uh, I think if they just ported it, I may not have been uh, as as inclined to play it. But the fact that it's a remake uh, makes it more interesting for me to hop on and feel like it's this yeah. new game. And I never played it when it originally came out. So it's yeah. a good excuse to get on board. I think I'm sure what, lots of people feel that way. I think what Seth is saying, though, is actually, you know, re- ports. Like, sure, port it up. Why not? Like, give people a chance to play it. But why remake an old game and go to all the effort of redoing it from the ground up instead of just making... Like, why not make a new Zelda game that looks like, you know, Link's yeah. Awakening? Well, they don't have to design all these dungeons. They're already designed. Sure. You know, the flow of the game is like out what there. What assets are actually saved? It's like storyline. Game design. You know, and then the dungeon design for sure. The layout of the overworld. Mm-hmm. The Things like that. that they've already, yeah, the enemy act. The enemy AI. behavior. Mm-hmm. And in so, Resident Evil 2, it's even less than that. It's like just the scenario. Like... I get it though. Like there have been so many lately that it kind of feels like there's this dearth of creativity around it just because of the deluge of them. that's like been around. I mean, sometimes like resident evil is an example, like that's so remade that like, yeah, you're going to recognize that, you know, you start in the, uh, in the gas station, you know, and sort of proceed through, but like everything's completely different. Like the layout's different. Puzzles are different. Lots of quality of life improvements, like camera improvements are huge. Those are major in Resident Evil. That's it. Like, that's, like, incredible. Like, you you can't really have the same experience playing Resident (laughs) Evil I mean, remember we tried playing Resident Evil 2 on uh, Nintendo 64, and it was such an incredible chore. That's right. It's a chore to play. And and that's, like, that's really different than Zelda, where you can absolutely play the Game Boy Zelda. Oh, yeah. And it play, it plays great. It's really fun. Uh, it totally draw you in still. But um, so I don't really know why they made the remake. And they they've we've you know interviewed them about why they did this remake. And they really say like the whole reason this game exists is because the dungeons 
or you can, there's like a, a side mode where you can like build dungeons. So mm-hmm. it's like a very, yeah. very light dungeon yeah. builder. Oh, is that that one NPC where you can go and yeah. The, yeah. The shack. will tell you about He's it. He's like, come into my shack. Yeah. Little, little boy. <laughs> yep. And uh, he, so. they said that like, it's totally about the squareness of the dungeons being like so easy to uh, like parcel out and, and make into. Yeah. They're uh, like little puzzle tiles. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And so they did talk about that as like, that's why they did it. But then like that snowballed into like a full game remake, which I mean, absolutely. I would love this game in the style to have, you know, its own completely brand new yeah. adventure. Well, they did that kind of with uh, link between worlds. Yeah. But I think so many people are new to this, that it's also just great to experience it and just have a, a Zelda game out that has a connection to something in the past. I mean, I think that's a cool way to look at it. It is a new game, but it has this like origin as like a different game. A lot of games are like that. Like you don't Donkey Kong country games you, know, you play now, like they're, I'm just thinking of that cause I'm looking at this cover right here, but they bear like no real resemblance to Donkey Kong. They're not a remake of Donkey Kong. I know they're a yeah. new game and everything, but it's just cool that they have that history in them and that they connect to it. Mm-hmm. And like when I'm playing this, I'm just thinking like, this was really weird for 1994. Like I think that all the time yeah. we, we were talking about an instance of that. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was mm-hmm. the, uh, the, I guess I won't talk about it because it's a spoiler, but there's like a joke Link's that Awakening. was in it. Oh. Yeah, and Link's Awakening. I was just going to mention that. I, is that a spoiler I on a like I don't think. over you 10 year old? And then I'll talk about it. Princess Peach. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy that's like writing uh, um, uh, letters. letters to a, a pen pal and the pen pal sends a picture of herself to him and uh, she's a goat and he's a man, hmm. uh, but the goat's picture is just Princess Peach <laughs> looking real cute. On it's a, really a, weird, a right? snapshot. Yeah. So she's catfishing or he's, She's she's catfishing. He's getting catfished by her. She's catfishing. And we're saying like that seems really strange because it was kind of like early email era, like maybe pre-email. Very early. And uh, who was doing like the the letter they were doing by correspondence? It's just like a weird joke for the time. But also, you were talking about the art and how it was. That's like an that's an update. That's a remake update. Yeah, it's like the modern Princess Peach art in it instead yeah. of the old little photo. But it's also like Link's weird. Awakening is like you know a deeply uh, you know unique and beloved Zelda game. And I don't think I know some people probably like it more than Link to the Past. The general consensus is like Link to the Past is a better game, right? Yeah. But like that doesn't make it a better candidate to be remade. Like Link's Awakening is strange and unique and melancholic and has all these weird like it's just really weird and occupies a distinct place in you know yeah. zelda canon and so um i don't know it made it a really good candidate to sort of bring forward to 2019 for that reason you know the big influence on the weirdness was twin peaks and like twin peaks was you know on kind of at the beginning of the development of that game you know it kind of ended right before it but uh the idea of like this island has people that live there and every one of them is weird and they're all log ladies and it's like very very strange i think that's a really cool influence and then that shows up again in majora's mask yep and then a little bit in all the other games. Uh, I was going to say, it's not super unique in its gameplay, and this is a segue for me, because there's the two other Game Boy games, and they're fantastic, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. In the original forms, those are exactly the same as that game. They look the same. They have some of the same weapons and items and everything. Made by Capcom, though. Yeah, and mm, they're, yeah. They're, on a, they're on the same engine, probably, or whatever. And then uh, so everybody keeps asking Nintendo, like, are you just going to do those two next? And I think that's really They didn't answer that when I asked them that. Uh, the remakes don't bother me. Uh, for one thing, there is no shortage of new games. There's way, way too many new games for people. No one could actually keep up with them anyway. So, and also, like we were saying, uh, video games are such a young medium that game designers ha- had to figure out a lot of the quality of life um, improvements that we enjoy today and take for granted today. They had to figure that out along the way. So along when you try to revisit <clears throat> some of these old games, 
those quality of life improvements are missing and you're like, oh man, this is really annoying. The uh, recent example I always use is uh, the original Final Fantasy on NES. When you play that game, it's so crazy. When your characters level up, they don't uh, regenerate their health. <laughs> they just leveled up, but their health stays exactly where it is. It's crazy to me, but like they just hadn't even like, that, hadn't, that mechanic hadn't been implemented yet. So I think it's better to play the uh, Game Boy Advance remake of Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I, I bought Final Fantasy new uh, because yeah. I, it looked, looked really cool to me. And uh, I didn't know anything about RPGs because they didn't really exist, right? Yeah. So I, I would Nintendo go to Power the store. had to explain what RPGs are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would go to the store in the game and you could buy a sword and you'd be like, yeah, I got a new sword. This is going to mm-hmm. be awesome. Then I'd go out and I'd be just as bad as I was before. Didn't equip it. I didn't have any idea what <laughs> equipping was. Yeah. And like all the, they can't even write out stuff in the game. Like there's so much shorthand. Like, you yeah. know, they can't even write fire. They write FIR and. Yeah. yeah, for lightning. Yeah. So, so like things like the equipment menu and everything doesn't say equipment menu. It's and also like kids equip- can like barely read. Windows, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like in 2019, we have an expectation that we've talked about this on Scoop. Like if we remember some old game and like it was never ported from the Sega Saturn, mm. it's just such a bummer. It's it's sad mm. and unexpected that games just get trapped on old platforms now. Like thanks to Virtual Console and you know Steam ports and and HD remakes, like. We have a reasonable expectation that most beloved old school games, you know, there's a there's a decent way to play them mm-hmm. now. And yeah. um, I don't know, like games are a unique medium in that way. Like that's not a problem that music or movies or any other art form has. Um, games can be lost or at least become, you know, challenging for a typical person to just pick up and find and play. And so whether it's a remake or a port or whatever, mm-hmm. like I am very supportive of bringing old stuff forward. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's move on. Did you get, <laughs> get that final little uh, <laughs> kick drum in there? Let's check in with listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com, just like Jerry Rooney from Erie, Pennsylvania did. Ooh, spooky. We already checked in with the listeners, by the way. Like, why? No, we read an email, but we didn't check in with the listeners. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. You'll have to explain Don't that question, one to Damon. Us after the show. <laughs> Jerry from Erie, Erie Jerry, says, Hey, guys, I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of months. This is my first time writing in. I discovered it along with several other gaming podcasts and can say, without a doubt, it is my favorite. Wow. Write in and tell us which ones you like us more. (laughs) Yeah, rank them. I love the general positivity, honesty, and respect you give to the games you discuss. Here's my question. I'm glad we didn't crap on any games. We're saving that for Game Scrooge. (laughs) That's that's actually not what it's going to be called. I've been gaming with my grandma as far back as I can remember. Gaming with grandma. Growing up, she would let me and my sister play Donkey Kong Country and Zelda on her Super Nintendo. Eventually, we would all play Mario Kart 64 and Mario Party together. She sparked my fascination and love for gaming. Now I'm a real adult with a big boy job and can afford to give back to her for all the great years we've shared gaming. So I've decided to get her a Nintendo Switch for her 70th birthday this year on October 25th. Wow. Hope she doesn't listen to the show. Spoil it. <laughs> I wanted to ask you all for some recommendations for good games to get her started based on what she's into. These days, she mostly plays Animal Crossing New Leaf on her 3DS, but with the new Animal Crossing being delayed, that's off the table for now. I was thinking Stardew Valley, perhaps. I haven't played it. Do you think this would be a worthy substitute? She also loves Dr. Mario, and anytime I go over to her place, she absolutely wastes me in it and on <laughs> Nintendo 64. That's great. So any suggestions for a good puzzler for her? I will definitely be getting her Breath of the Wild as well. She basically showed me how to beat Ocarina of Time as a kid. 
Any other suggestions? Well, then Link's Awakening, if she's a Zelda fan. That's true. That's a, that's a but also, he, he name-dropped some party games, like, I think, Snipperclips. Snipperclips is, yeah. is a really good one, yeah. Yeah, Snipperclips especially they can play together. cooperative yeah. puzzle game. I think uh, something like Captain Toad. I think Captain good. Toad is a, good, is a good suggestion there. I think he was spot on with Stardew Valley. Yeah. Game, Stardew Valley, too, if, yeah. If you're, uh, if you're an like Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing maniac, it'll draw you in the same way. It's different enough that, like, it's not repetitive, and, and the, the, it's really interesting. It's a wonderful game. It's probably my favorite Switch game that Nintendo didn't make. Hmm. It'll eventually be a new Animal Crossing. Yeah. Maybe even a bundle. What, February, March, I think? Yeah. Something um, early. Yeah. <clears throat> he mentioned they used to play both Mario Kart and Mario Party, and those uh, games are also on Switch as well with yeah. 8 and Super Mario Party. One puzzle-ish game that's super easy to like get into and control that got a great uh, remake on uh, Switch is Katamari Damacy. Hmm. Damacy. No. Which, which way do we say it in games? <laughs> Damacy. <laughs> Damacy. Not the, not the Mark Medina way. Yeah. The, yeah, the Katamari game works perfectly on Switch. It's, it's really fun, and it's just, like, goofy, and I think there's two-player modes in it. Also, Goose Game. <laughs> He's hurting there? We got yeah, our flu shots today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also Donkey Kong Country game on Switch, Tropical Freeze. Oh, yeah. They have good memories of playing Donkey Kong Country together. Uh, and they, they mentioned playing Dr. Mario. Um, of course, the original Dr. Mario is on is available uh, as an NES game on Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, that's good. Super, Super Mario yeah. Odyssey. Get Nintendo Online. Yeah, uh, Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. Incredible. Nintendo Online. You go back at all those SNES games that SNES. Grandma, yep. Grandma remembers from, yep. from yeah. her 40s. Yeah. Um, and if you're looking for more head-to-head puzzle games, Puyo Puyo Tetris is oh, yeah. awesome, an awesome package. And then remember Tricky Towers when we were playing that here. In the I office. love that game. That's what I was gonna. Th- I was trying to think of that name when we were talking about yeah. the Voltron game. That's yeah. a, a four-player four puzzle game where everyone's trying to build a tower, but there's it's physics based. So you have to you build as high as you can before it falls over. It's fun. We had it on the big screen here, but yeah, it's like yeah, Tetris blocks, but then like they can like start falling over. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty funny. I think it's so funny. We name dropped Mario Kart. Like that's a Wii U game, right? But they got a total yeah. do over yeah. on the Switch. It's just great. like just don't don't worry about that. We're gonna put it back out again, and then like it totally worked. Like what is it like the second best selling Switch game or something like that? Yeah, or yeah, not the first. And I have to re- look it up. Um, all right, Erie Jerry, let us know how it goes. With- that's that's what his close friends call him. <laughs> Grandma, we have, we have a- everybody in Erie just does that. We just updated our top twenty five Switch games list too. And like, I, I don't know, like it sounds like every game we mentioned is already on there. So might as well look at that for the hidden gems that we missed. From the time we wake up to when we go to sleep, we all put strains on our eyes every day. Whether that's staring at a computer screen at work, reading or gaming to relax, or even just passing the time on our phones, the eye strain is real. Thankfully, Rotojolt can provide immediate relief. It has an intense energizing and cooling sensation that will revive overworked, tired eyes and keep you going. Its sleek, compact packaging is perfect for on-the-go use, so you can bring it to work, class, or anywhere you might need it. You can pick up Rotojolt at a Dollar General near you, and you can find them online at rotojolt.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Rotojolt. That's R-O-H-T-O-J-O-L-T.com, and you can wake up your eyes with Rotojolt. One more time, that's R-O-H-T-O-J-O-L-T.com. Rotojolt, it's like an energy shot to the eyeballs. Product does not contain any caffeine or other stimulants, and it's not intended to keep you awake or alert. Man, so What's good. Been? I know. Do you feel like you're really refueling your jet in Top Gun? Is this, this Top Gun? Is, yeah. I would have said Ninja Turtles. But I was just going to say Ninja Konami. Turtles. It's all, Konami. it's all Konamis. I was just going to say it's clearly <laughs> Konami. Yeah. Uh, this is David C. in Astoria, New York. Dear Omega Cops. Yeah, Queens, New York. 
I'm from Queens, New York. I've been a big fan of GameScoop for years. <laughs> Just got done listening to GameScoop number 545. In this episode, I heard you Classic. guys chat about PSP batteries bursting. After hearing this, I decided to check on the battery of my PSP, which just sat on my game shelf. Lo and behold, upon opening my case, the battery popped right out. Oh, puffy battery. It popped out due to it expanding just as Sam described on the podcast. Luckily, no permanent damage seems to have been done to the PSP itself. I would just need to get a replacement battery. Thanks so much for the heads up on this issue. GameScoop is always full of highly valuable information. Thanks so much for all that you guys do and for an amazing podcast every week. That wasn't a question. Yeah, I was going to say, David. <laughs> I thought Dave, we were checking in with the listeners. David's letter is in. disqualified because there's no question there. He can't. He said very nice yeah. things about us. That yeah. means he's qualified. Thanks for the highly qualified. valuable information. <laughs> uh, no, I, he's I, asking what's our latest valuable information. I'm glad we could help. I'm worried about all the batteries and all of the many old devices I have now. And I've yeah. been thinking about it a lot recently. Yeah, totally. Just lying awake at night. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting Wait for the pop. <laughs> um, Just acid everywhere when I wake up. All right, last week I put out a call for help with naming our the, our, ho- our forthcoming holiday edition of GameScoop. The Halloween edition is going to be called GameSpook. That's easy. That's easy. But mm-hmm. I, we've been tr- having trouble coming up with a holiday one. There are lots of suggestions. Most of them were very bad. <laughs> wow. This is the best one. with the listeners. <laughs> this is the best one so far. It came from Eric. Okay. And whoa, 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 I don't want other people to come up with our stuff. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not idea. saying I've picked this. Okay. I think this is the best suggestion so far. Well, does that so mean I Eric's want, on the show now? I wanted to bring it up. I wanted Who to leaves? propose it. Me. I wanted to propose <laughs> it. Marmadine is gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric says, for your holiday show, I recommend a non-denominational winter game scoop with the... Snow Mega Cups. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you got me. That's, That's much good. better than I expected. It's pretty good. So right? I was already I like thinking win- Snow Mega Cups. Winter Games Scoop. If anybody played Winter Games, the classic mm-hmm. game, we can at least make a logo with Actually, that. Actually, that's true. We could play some Winter Games. Winter Games Scoop is pretty good too with yeah. the Snow Mega Cups. Snow Mega Cups. And then I had come up with Reindeer Games Scoop. Yeah, which I like that too. But some, mm-hmm. some, some people didn't get that. So. <laughs> some people didn't get that. <laughs> I don't right. know who you're targeting. <laughs> <laughs> who are you targeting? <laughs> With your lies. With that threat. All right, we'll keep percolating on it, but I like Snow Mega. See, the reindeer play games, all right? They mm-hmm. call them reindeer mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric has a PS. How do you like gem apples is a perfect <laughs> joke. I can't believe nobody gave Sam more credit for that one. There are many commenters <laughs> that were upset that that was glossed over. Look, I get plenty of credit for my jokes during the day. With eye rolls, shrugs, <laughs> edits. Sometimes people just walk away. Or sometimes I get heavily edited. <laughs> or they say, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. That was just a good with a joke. really straight face. That's, that's funny. funny. I like that one. I like stopping the meeting and saying, that was a really good joke when nobody hears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've all seen me do that. <laughs> Finally, Eric has a PPS. If you can <laughs> if you can manage a shout out to my boy, his name is Loki. Cool. Shout out to Loki, son of Eric. Mm. Be a good boy for Eric. And uh, we look forward to uh, welcoming you into the uh, Omega Cops Academy. We have a Loki in the IGN family. That's true. But this it's a different species. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Uh, the October 1994 issue of Electronic 
Gaming Monthly with Donkey Kong Country on the cover. What's so funny, Sam? It's just Damon prepares for this segment for like four days. <laughs> so like he's had well, this. Well, this EGM is a two hundred and fifty page issue. I keep walking by. I'm like, oh, what did you see in there? He's like, can't talk about it yet. Can't talk about it yet. But now he's feeding me the B material that we cut from the show. He shielded it from me when I walked up to his desk. It's on the DVD don't, version. Don't look at it. Save it for the show. Yeah, the DVD. Uh, yeah, for the outtakes. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. yeah. And the bonus. We should do a DVD version. Materials. But I'm <laughs> talking about DVD, not Blu-ray. No. <laughs> Why would we do VHS? Because there were no there. bonus. There were no bonus materials yeah. on VHS. We'll be going to be the. We're going to be the first of its kind. That's true. Remember really old DVD menus. Remember DVD Easter eggs, where it's like you can yeah. go up yeah. and over yeah. from the main menu. What a lost art. Menus. Yeah, I agree. The very first page. Jesus. <laughs> what? I didn't see it. Hold on. It's you can't uh, unsee it. It's relevant. This is relevant. Remember this game we were talking about, Zero Tolerance? The, the Sega Genesis game? Yeah. It's a first-person shooter, a Doom-style first-person shooter on Sega Genesis that we've been talking about recently. The first page is an ad for that game. This is what it looks like. Oh, That's yeah. Like, no, you can't I don't think it's quite that. as scary as people are making well, it out Well, but it's just like, it's like not what I was expecting. <laughs> That's Your an reaction. ad for Zero Tolerance. <laughs> Justin uh, has zero tolerance for that ad. There's yeah. some controversy happening. I just bought that game because of that ad. Did you actually buy it? <laughs> yeah, I just know. No. <laughs> I don't even have my phone. <laughs> You're just about to buy that game. This is the letter from the editor, uh, Steve Harris. And he said, it's titled, No Relation to Craig Harris. Making a Statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, dramatic. Yeah, here we go. I've received hundreds of letters about my column last month. You remember the issue last month uh, when they gave the latest rendition of Street Fighter 2 a less than perfect score. Yeah. That's they the took a stand. An equal number of theories on what I would be talking about in this issue. For those of you who may have missed the last installment of Insert Coin, I defended the position of our reviewing staff and their recent decision to give the latest Street Fighter game a less than perfect score. While everyone has a different opinion of what, of what elements band together to create good and bad playing experiences, I think it should be noted that EGM has always, from its inception, put the reader first in this department. Even a casual perusal of other gaming magazines will illustrate the fact that the magazine you now hold has consistently, from its inception, provided the most critical appraisals of new game products, no matter which company produces them. In selecting those games that we review, it has always been our goal to specifically focus on those games that have high-profile licenses that will attract consumers as well as those games which display extraordinary qualities, but for lack of a license or recognizable name, fail to attract the attention of players. The four-person reviewing system that EGM established on these shores has always presented the most unbiased forum for true game analysis. That explains why the reviews in EGM are used by people throughout the video game industry as a barometer of quality and will never be compromised. Is that from the EIC? That's not to say companies don't try. Publisher. Mm. Over the six-year history of EGM, several large game publishers have attempted to pressure the magazine into compromising its integrity by withholding advertising support in response to a fair review, which unfortunately does not heap praise on their products. This type of stance has cost EGM more than half a million dollars in revenue, but no amount of money can buy back lost integrity. The guiding principle of this publication is that it is written for the reader, and it is this principle that has made EGM the biggest, most widely read, and most respected magazine in the video game industry which gets us to the reason for this month's insert coin when capcom learned that they were receiving a less than perfect score for their latest repackaging of essentially the same game they also tried to influence the readers of egm by no longer supporting the magazine with ad information on upcoming game releases not buying ads according to joe morisi the head of marketing at capcom name called this guy wow this action was taken to make a statement 
Although I have thought long and hard, the only statement that I feel Capcom has made is that they don't have confidence in their products. Turning their back on the most savvy group of gaming enthusiasts, the readers of EGM, is the only response they could muster, even though I personally contacted Joe for his opinion on the situation. Instead, he was unavailable and passed his policies off on another Capcom employee who apparently, from her lack of comment, embraced the same opinion. This is getting petty. Despite Capcom's position, however, EGM will continue to provide the first coverage of all their products just because Capcom doesn't see any value in communicating with you, that doesn't mean that EGM and all its Sendai magazines aren't still written for the reader. That have, was like a whole short story. In yeah, there. yeah. Right? That, there was a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. I have that many went thoughts. into print, man. I yeah. can't believe that they named and shamed Capcom for pulling ads. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. So uh, I can't I'm believe with, they named how like the the amount of yeah. revenue too. That's, yeah, that's the a, like, specific a, dollar amount. Of, yeah, I'm gonna toss a Tina here. So here's the thing. We don't have a column every month from our editor-in-chief, who's Tina, here. And uh, so she needs that this corner to be able to pontificate <laughs> yeah, on the things it. that happen. the statement grounds. Who would seriously, you like, who would you like there, was to a lot, there was a lot in there. <laughs> there was a lot in there. I mean, I 100, 100% respect the fact that they were defending their review policies and explaining and giving some transparency into how the process goes into it. Um, and you absolutely should be defending your writers and your editors. So I love that. Um, don't really feel the need to consistently call out we're the best out there and you readers are the best out there. It just feels like it kind of clouds the overall, uh, the overall statement and the overall message being made. Um, but I, I don't know that I necessarily, I mean, calling out a person by name yeah. is definitely a yeah. very specific thing. Like you could just say Capcom representatives and that would be mm-hmm. sufficient. Yeah. Especially so when that it feels lucky like, that they didn't yeah. pick up. Then you'd be like, oh, I can make them look worse. <laughs> yeah, here's, yeah, exactly. His here's his phone number. Please call him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, that's an unnecessary step beyond there that they did not have to get into. But also like ads not being in your magazine, it's a little different because I, I think probably ads are easier to ignore on on a website than it is on a magazine. But that's not like Capcom not trying to reach their fans. I know, that's like just no how one. That's how he's framing it. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's transparent. The things that are trying to be framed. It just it doesn't come across. There are statements in there that don't come across as super genuine. The ad, in the midst of a lot of genuinity. The ads back then in the '90s when I was you know 11 reading Games Magazine were as fun and interesting to me as the articles. That's true. I liked looking at them every month. I never thought about it that way. Well, they're also specifically made to be like this visual magazine kind of glossy format. Working on magazines was fun back in the day. All right. The letter of the month comes from Brian in Ontario, Canada. He says, how do companies like Acclaim, Capcom, Virgin Games, EA Sports, etc. know if new games they make will be liked or not? If they don't sell, how can they take losing the money it costs to make to make these games? If possible, send me and or print the addresses of any video game companies that you can find. <laughs> Excuse me? Wait, say all They provide a long response and then it ends with, uh, if you do want a Japanese game to be released here, the best thing to do is write the companies, their addresses are in instruction manuals. Cool. Sometimes they have phone numbers in there too. And sometimes Damon and I have tried those old phone numbers. That's true. They never work. This is a letter from Chris in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm always on the lookout for new action RPGs on the Genesis. So I was wondering if you had any info on a few that had caught my eye. The first one is a game called Ragnacenti, which you previewed in issue 56. Will this game be brought over to U.S. shores anytime soon? Another game I was wondering about is one you previewed in the August issue called The Story of Thor called Beyond Oasis. Uh, will Sega be bringing that one to the US? I was also wondering if Sega was playing on a sequel to Landstalker. Blah, blah, blah. Um, 
EGM says, you may just be in luck on one of your questions. Ragnacinti will be coming to the U.S., but not under Sega's banner. It's undergone a name change. Now it'll be known in the U.S. as Crusade of Sinti. As for Story of Thor, it is not likely that it will make it here, at least not this year. But that's funny, because it absolutely did. Just got a name change. Dude, the 90s were crazy. I know. You would see... <laughs> it's a, not coming over you here. You would see a tiny oh. screenshot of a new game. Final Fantasy III. You would write a letter... And then five months later, the magazine would be like, oh, yeah, we don't know anything. I know. <laughs> um, what letter did I want to get into? Oh, yeah, sticking with Sega. Here we go. Letter from Junior in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, when the new systems come out, like the Saturn and 32X, will games be available for rental? I don't want to go to a store and buy a game I think is cool and find out it stinks. Could you also tell me when those two systems are coming out and which would be the better system to buy? I really want to stick with Sega, so I doubt I will buy a PlayStation or Project Reality. When the Saturn does come out, will they keep making lots of games for the Genesis, Sega CD, and the 32X? One last thing, what is the difference between the 32X and the Saturn if they are both 32-bit? Do you want to just ask me those questions one at a time and I'll answer them? You can also already <laughs> see I can the, do them in one word. Come on, ask me them. That question encapsulates the problem with what Sega was <laughs> yeah, doing. Well, yeah, there's like, no so one... many systems coming out. Uh, this is also, this is, a, <laughs> this is one that you can answer, Sam, for sure. This is from uh, Amjid in uh, Manitoba, Canada. The other day I was looking at some of my old comics when I spotted an ad for Pac-Man on the 8-bit NES by Tengen. I noticed that the game had a Nintendo seal of approval on it. Mm. In another comic, I saw another Tengen ad that had pictures of Pac-Man and some other games, but this time, the games did not have a seal of approval. What happened? Also, in your June issue, Quarterman said that Nintendo and Tengen had settled their differences. What does this mean, that Tengen is now a Nintendo licensee? I sincerely hope so. There's three versions of Pac-Man on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. There's the Tengen version that's unlicensed. That's just Atari. Atari is Tengen. Uh, and they they had a big lawsuit with Nintendo, and then they reissued. They got the the license. Uh, Namco put out one on Nintendo uh, that wasn't Tengen, and then I know it was Tengen branded also. And then they just changed the art for some reason. It's very confusing. <laughs> Three versions. This is Chris in Florida. Enclosed with this letter is a clipping that I took from my local newspaper. I called Nintendo about it, and they said they didn't know anything about it. First of all, the clipping reads: This is a clipping from his local newspaper. Game gets gore back. Bowing to competitive pressure and customer preferences, Nintendo of America says it will release a new version of the controversial video game Mortal Kombat containing all the graphic violence and gore that the company excised from the original version. Mm. So he says, I called Nintendo about it. They said they don't know anything about it. Do you know anything about this? If it is true, will Nintendo have some sort of way to compensate the people who bought the original version of Mortal Kombat? Who do you think he called? Yeah, I know. I called Nintendo. (laughs) And then... Someone picked up the phone and was like, no, yeah, we don't know anything about that, man. <laughs> EGM says, your local newspaper is right, but they've misled you. It is true that a new version of Mortal Kombat will be released, but that new version is Mortal Kombat 2. When I spoke to Acclaim, they said that there are no plans at this time to re-release Mortal Kombat with the blood and fatalities intact. Man, patches make things easy these days. Seriously, right? Yeah. There's no way to uh, reverse that decision to make all the blood into sweat. <laughs> Which uh, is real. <clears throat> and real gross. In reviews, their game of the month Sweat was... Sweat everywhere in that game. Because blood everywhere isn't gross. Their game of the month was Final Fantasy III. It got four nines. Probably could have gotten four tens. I guess the review must have been good if there was an ad in there. Yeah, there was, there was a there. two. There's a two-page <laughs> ad in this issue. Um, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> uh, there's also Mortal Kombat 2 on Super Nintendo. I like the first two reviews. This one got a nine. This is the version of Mortal Kombat 2 to get... It plays very well. Well, perhaps a little bit looser than the arcade. It looks almost the same, and a lot of the sounds are here. Yeah, <laughs> what all, does, what almost does, all the sounds. The hits sometimes sound annoying. 
But it's a small price to pay. (laughs) Stop those annoying hits. What does plays looser mean? I don't know. Uh, Then uh, the uh, second reviewer... Sometimes when you hit the button, it just doesn't do anything. Oh, The second reviewer who gave it an 8 says, Mortal Kombat 2 fans can finally shut up. (laughs) Their game is here, and what an excellent translation it is. It plays great. All the combos are here, plus the graphics and sounds are right on par. Well, most of the sounds anyway. Acclaim really wanted the game to be the best it could be, and their persistence has paid off in a big way. What is up with the missing yeah. sounds? I don't. Um, most of the sounds. It's really interesting. They consistently they like the Genesis version or uh, the SNES version more than the Genesis of Mortal Kombat Two. I know it's pretty funny. What was that Nintendo download thing? Nintendo download. What do you mean? The sounds thing. Well, oh, idle the, the and list, the no music. Hear that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's from Ball Attraction, a game on Switch last week, and the description on the eShop is like, no music, but sound that made you feel comforted and idle. Common idle. Common idle. Common idle. Yeah, something like that. Man, this oh, issue is so big, and we're just like out of time this week, I think. We're not going to be able to get through anything else in here. But oh, It's so cool. I know, I know, I know. It's like 200 pages, man. Yeah, it's like 245. Yeah, 50 pages. Stuff it's was the best. We absolutely crazy. There was like, not even 10 years. It was like six or eight years of just peak game magazines. It's very nostalgic. Like a very happy time in my but life. there's like like full page previews of games you've never heard of for like the 3do mm-hmm. it's like how how did this get in print <laughs> guardian war everyone well, lost half a million game. dollars it's slayer when you did, these, to... did these games come out mm. yeah i think so anyway all right what was the half a million dollars lost what was the... on uh street well, fighter <clears throat> lost ads. ads not just street oh overall that's, that's, that's right oh, i think that's yeah. in the time yeah. what, the how did they even fashion. quantify that? that's what yeah. i that's exactly what i thought it's like any time that someone's like hey maybe we'll buy ads oh no we changed our mind did they like include oh that? we've lost another twenty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah all right that brings us to video game 20 questions already yeah first a rejection I like to I like to give <laughs> I people, like these rejections. I like to give people context. Uh, Lysander from the Philippines suggested a game called Shadow of Destiny. I mean, I could have got there with like a random game name generator. Yeah. <laughs> never heard of it. I've never heard of it, so I wasn't able to select it. Anyone else? Anyone else heard of this game? Yeah, I feel like I could have. I think it's a PS2 game. <laughs> but our real suggestion this week comes from Landon Jones in Coshocton, Ohio. Let the questioning begin. Your date range questions. Go on. You want to do the I know you want electronic to. gaming monthly one? Could this game Is have, it in that issue? Could this game have been featured in the October nineteen ninety four issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly? Yes. Oh. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is, go ahead. Yeah, you can go. Is it a platform exclusive? No. Was this on a sixteen bit system? Yes. Was this game developed in Japan? No. So Super Nintendo Genesis across there. Did this appear on the Super Nintendo? Yes. Okay. That helps me because I know that library a lot better. That's five. And it wasn't platform exclusive, right? No. Was this ever an arcade game? No. Oh, good question, though. Uh, is the developer still in, uh, still in business? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Oh, cool. Probably EA. It's probably John Madden football. I, was, I, I went straight to hockey. <laughs> is it a sports game? No. Nope. Is it based on a license? No. Mm. Good question. That is a good question. I, well, are there, it's not the Chester Cheetah game. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not California Raisins. Is it an RPG or RPG elements? Can I combine that into one question? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. RPG exactly. elements is a really good one, actually. <laughs> well, but which question are yeah. you asking? Okay, fine. Are there RPG elements? 
Mm, no. Oh, I was hoping for more dithering. Yeah. What do you mean by RPG? <laughs> That's and then we have a 20-minute discussion. <laughs> and then Dan comes in and corrects us. So multi-platform, 16-bit game, mm-hmm. not based on a license. Not a single number in it. No RPG elements. No numbers. Not, so- not developed in Japan. The developer is still in business. So I kind of want to know if it's like Activision or EA or, yeah. Is it a current um, active part of a series? No. I just assume it's part of a series. Oh, yeah, not a sports game. Does this yeah. publisher have, um, or developer, have uh, uh, E3 press conferences? Mm. Uh, you're lumping the publisher right. and developer together? Yeah. He's, he's saying and or. What, what? So your question I is, forget which one you said was still around. We said the developer is still around. Mm. Okay. And that's what you're asking? No, let's go with the publisher. <laughs> yeah. The publishers have conferences. Yeah. Does this publisher have E3 conferences? Yeah. Not anymore. Ooh, Whoa. but that could mean Nintendo but, or because it's not really a press it's conference. Platform, so the, you're right. Right, right. Nintendo doesn't yeah. do that anymore. Not anymore. Is such a good hint. Like what companies? Sony. Well, but they like, were in E3. I can only think about it's. It's not Japanese made though, and so I'm thinking about like Konami mm. used to have press conferences and does. Oh, yeah. Did they really? Yeah, they had that. Mm. They had that. But what would be in a, a U.S. One. company? That's what I mean. Like I Does can't EA? think. Of, they still do. Well, they, they still do, do press conferences. Sidebar, you oh, yeah. mm-hmm. do you consider EA Play a, a E3 press conference? Um, I think for all intents and purposes, yes. Yeah, so okay. he's not trying to be... So like Nintendo Direct is also, you would consider a press conference? Just out of curiosity. Mm, I mean, not really, but I wouldn't worry right? too much about that. Okay, so it's not. Now that we've asked him these questions, <laughs> I want to guess the press conference he's thinking but wait, Yeah, exactly. Could it be Sega? Like yeah. Sega of America? But that's not multi-platform because they would have only made... That's true, but I, I'm really thrown a loop by that question. I mean, it could have been... A, it's on Super Nintendo. The only companies I can think of that used to have E3 press conferences but now don't are all Japanese. So I can't think of an American company. Maybe Blizzard, Activision. I guess... I mean, I, yeah, maybe it is Activision. They don't anymore. Yeah. yeah? Oh, is this an Activision-associated game? No. Ah. <laughs> well, it's not a claim. Um, that would be great if they had press conferences. <laughs> Uh, so let's maybe get off that track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what genre did we ask about? We asked sports sports and RPGs. Okay. Is this an action game? Yes. Okay. Do you shoot things? Yes. That is 15. (laughs) Is this music from the game? (laughs) (laughs) That's pinball of the dead. Wow. There's a game on this cover, Aggressors of Dark Combat. Yeah. And combat is spelled with a K. Yeah. It's on the cover of the magazine. That's how combat was spelled in the 90s. Never <laughs> heard of it. But then you got Soul Calibur. We actually spell it wrong now. All right, we got uh, we've four so questions far. and a guess left. No boy. So, shooty game by a company that could still be around, not licensed. I kind of want to know if it's sci-fi, but I don't want to burn questions. Why do you have one in mind? Game in mind? No. It's probably Blackthorn. I already had Blackthorn. So. <laughs> Who published it? I don't know. I mean, it was Blizzard. Blizzard developed. I don't know who published it. Um, I don't know what to ask. I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in trouble. It's I, like, I don't, we don't even have a perspective. Mm-hmm. Is this a side scrolling game? Like a, like that a, help? Yeah. Should I ask that? Yeah. It didn't appear in arcades, but it is an action game. Mm-hmm. All right. Is it a side-scrolling game? No. Oh, interesting. 
shooty, Action, maybe top down, mm-hmm. or from a first person perspective, yeah. which is really unusual on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Not side scroll. I mean, we could ask if we've talked about it yet because we went through some of the magazine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep playing. Yeah, just read it. <laughs> just read the whole thing. Can you play as two players? Yes. Oh. That is that's 17. Right now. So two player, it could be top down. It could be, for, I, I'm thinking it's like a top downy or a brawler. It's a brawler. Or, uh, well, but it's got shooties. What was the, it could be like Revolution X. That's licensed. Yeah, you're right. But there are other. Yeah, it could like be that. two reticles on screen. Could be a light gunny game. I think it's a brawler. Why? It's on a couple systems and it's a, it sounds like it's a turd. <laughs> I don't it's a know. brawler? I don't Hold on. You, oh, no, you're shooting it. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Is it is this is but, this played from a first person perspective? I wanted to point that point out that ad. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> save that page. save that page. Okay. Uh, you're asking if this game is played from a first person perspective? Yeah. No. Ah. Well, that eliminates all the. Like, right. I was thinking about the Terminator. I mean, this is like a top down two player shooty game. Mm-hmm. Go into my mind palace. Mm-hmm. You guys can think about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm, it could be Desert Strike. I, or were those Genesis only? Those are also made by EA. I kind of want to know if you drive a vehicle or you're a person in it. Yeah, that would help me a little. But is that our one question then, I guess? Is there anything that we've said that would make it not Desert Strike? I don't know what Desert Strike is. The helicopter that may have been side-scrolling, right? No, No. it's like isometric. Oh, cool. And you fly around semi-open maps in a helicopter shooting shit. Yeah, I have no idea. Could be that. Do Do you fly a vehicle or do you... That's a good... You control a vehicle in this game. No. (laughs) It's not as it's Now we got one question. Okay, I'm going to give you guys two hints. Ooh. First thing is, you spent a lot of time on this E3 conference thing. Yeah. I just want to remind people that uh, publishers can publish a game that was developed in a different country. Uh, so, so the game is not developed in Japan. That doesn't mean it wasn't published in Japan. Mother. So it could be Konami. Amen. Also, what time of year is it? Halloween? Is it, it's a spooky game. Yeah. Damon, that's a really good hint. Thank you. Um, like a Silent Hill Resident Evil kind of thing? Yeah, but it would be before that. I guess mm-hmm. it would be uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors probably. Or, it could um, be Zombies Ate My Neighbors. But I don't know what the two-player component is. That had a multiplayer, didn't it? I don't ever played it. I think that's what it is. It's top-down, shoot things. <laughs> He's smiling. He's smiling. Go for it. <laughs> it's good. It's is good. it Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Yes. Yeah, Aww, it is Zombies nice. Ate My Neighbors. We're the big assist. Don't leave me hanging. We count it. We're actually putting that on our updated uh, zombies, best zombies games. Yeah, that's a, it's a good game. I yeah. like when you said this game's far away a turret. It's like, no, <laughs> this game is good. I scrolled away from the ad, by the way. I forgot. Find it. Scrolled uh, away. That was yeah. a, that was yeah. a oh, scroll. <laughs> you knew that was a LucasArts game. There it is. Which could have been tricky, too, because LucasArts is technically still in business, but not they don't make games anymore. I had no memory of that being a LucasArts game. LucasArts game published by Konami. Developed by LucasArts, published by Konami. What a yeah. weird... Kind of I didn't know it was published what by a weird world. None of this would have helped me. Mm. It only helped me once... I can't remember. You said it would be something spooky. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> said he wants something spooky. Uh, thank, you for the, thank you for the suggestion, uh, Landon Jones in Coshocton, Ohio. Whether or not you think they earned it legitimately is up to you. You can decide that by yourself. <laughs> we we you care just, about the readers first. You didn't even need to say that. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you can decide whether that's I, a legitimate I, victory. I bring that up because uh, Sam is out 
obligated to respond to people if he lost to them. Oh, yeah, that's right. What's, so what's the we high five. person's name? Yeah, it's done. Landon Jones <laughs> in Coshocton, Ohio. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and here's, I want to point out this ad for Lord of the Rings on Super Nintendo. It says before Zelda, mm-hmm. before Secret of Mana, and before Seventh Saga, there was the Lord of the Rings. That's really cool. They're tying it to those games. Yeah. And then they made a really bad game about it. Yeah. My yeah. favorite part about these, cool, these old magazines are the stuff that they choose to like, like that ad put Seventh Saga in the same sentence as I know, Zelda. I know, I know, like, I know, I know. I wanted to point that out. Um, and there's so much good stuff we did. That Lord of the Rings game, they just released like a Super Nintendo Lord of the Rings game. And it's like a top-down RPG-ish game, and it's not very good. Yeah, it's, it's kind it's of an action it's RPG. fine. But it's called Volume 1, The <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. And then they never made the other two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a preview on Final Fantasy 3 in here. Even they also reviewed the game in here. And in their previews, they have a good and the bad and the ugly for every game. So Final Fantasy 3, the good, only the sounds, graphics, music, storyline, options, technique, strategy, and style. That's about it, really. Oh, they really liked it. Cool. The bad... We're only devoting three pages to this game. I could go on and on. Oh, boy. The ugly was all the nice pukey colors you can make as your font, window, and border colors. Those are fun. <laughs> I used to totally do that. Is that the preview format? They're, they do oh, a the good, bad, and format. Okay. That's preview, yeah. So you could bring that back if you want. No. Let's talk to <laughs> Can you imagine writing something bad and ugly about every game yeah. just because you have to? We've done that as, as recently as like five years ago, a lot of media outlets. Mm-hmm. What, did Good, Bad, and Ugly? Yeah. Or that was Kotaku's uh, review format for a while. Good, Bad, and Ugly. So will you write a letter from the editor for one of these episodes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, think to, I love that format. I think it's really cool that that our chief just like direct oh, to totally. audience. Yeah. I love that too. A I'm yeah. a big fan of that too. You I think to, you have to name and shame someone though. I yeah, exactly. I was say, say, can we can we vindicate Joe from Capcom? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call him up. <laughs> Let's find him. He's Let's probably see. been like you know some pizza company executive for like a decade now. So what? <laughs> How did you get this number? <laughs> we'll just have like a State of the Union address segment. For Game Scoop. There wasn't, oh, I'll put a suit and tie I know. On. There wasn't any really, really good gaming gossip in here. Shh, that's disgusting, man. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this here, but there's, oh, a, man, there's a Sega CD game called Panic, and the ad is just a guy with milk shooting out his nose. Would it be better oh, if it was it's blood? the Got Milk format. Yeah, yeah. Got Panic. Got Panic. But it's also it's just like... No one wants this, Panic. There's this other thing that we're referencing. <laughs> well, it's not related at all, but... Huh? Cool that that's we actually the original it. meme. Yeah, it totally That was is. the first one. Mm. I leave you this week with a brand new dark synthwave track called Beware the Demon. It is available now in your favorite music service. Should be good for Halloween season. Let me know what you think. I'm pretty happy with this one. That is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Welcome.